Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome to We Say Things, episode 129. Suns fan here with Cinderin. Uh, this episode is sponsored by Manscaped, and oh, here I it comes. okay. I th- this is <laughs> they are our sponsor, and I'm going to talk a little shit right now because they've had some great blurbs. This is the worst mm. one so far. This one, I think they've lost their touch a little bit, Cinder. I'm hoping that they can regroup for the following month, which I know they will because I've read them already, and bounce back from this. Ho ho ho, I've... gentlemen. <sighs> The holidays came early here at Manscaped, the leading men's hygiene brand. Manscaped just launched new products, including their all-new ultra-premium body wash and two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. It's time to give yourself or someone who needs it the gift of beautiful skin hair and balls this holiday season. Go to manscaped.com and use the We Say Things uh, code for 20% off and free shipping. As you can see, we have them. These are actually really. I'm gonna do some ASMR real quick. Actually, really high quality bottles we got here. So I'm just trying to get them do, for the clicking sound in particular. Yeah. If you guys like ASMR in the shower, these are very good. Uh, I would demonstrate how to use these properly, but that would not be safe for work. Um, but yeah, Manscaped, of course, has been sponsoring a bunch of episodes, so we do appreciate that, and we hope that you guys can support them by either clicking on the link in the description or just saying good things about them in general um and again cinderin i'm i'm with you on the text like it's i know i feel like they missed the mark this time by not doing something with like jingle balls or something you know they could have well this is for technically like early christmas uh, so maybe they're saving it for november month yes it's late november They could have done but something. But they are saying tricky. ho ho ho, so you know you're kind of there. I but... agree. I agree. And again, we I, appreciate I'm expecting them. jingle balls in December for sure. Well, they they got something planned. Whatever I'll, that means. I'll tell you that for sure. So yeah, <laughs> click on the link in the description, friends, for twenty percent off and free shipping with the code We Say Things. We appreciate uh, Manscaped because obviously they help fund the show and they support esports and other podcasts around the world. So thank you very much. Uh, okay. And of course, this is an early one day early episode because Cinderin's got stuff to do tomorrow. Anything yeah, you want to share? Believe it or not, is there anything interesting worth talking about? Uh, I'm visiting my parents and I'm seeing my uncle and aunt for the first time since COVID. So oh, okay, that's been at least two years, I think. So my guess is they don't watch the podcast because they would know that that's the podcast day. If they did watch the podcast, uh, they would probably disown me for the Jingle Balls comment. So hopefully okay. they don't. Understandable. All right, Cinder, and start us off with the patron shout-outs before we get started. Oh. Well, the first one is called Not Telling You. So that's that's where we're at now. Now people don't even want to 
be identified at all for doing this, which makes a lot of sense, I guess. Thanks for the money. Uh, <laughs> my name is not Cancun Ted's Margarita. Is that a show quote? Cherry tomatoes are the best snacks. They are indeed very good. Right, Shannon? Nope. Fithak has, has enjoyed being in Bruges and will now slip back into obscurity. Thank you very much uh, for being in Bruges for as long as you were. Games for Falling Asleep unironically thinks that Dota 2 can grow to millions of players with more aggressive marketing. Disco FarMD, Vincent Darkseed, Semperpie, Hakuna Matata, Commander Donut, Suns Fans Fan, and Cinderman's Man. Brad Sheeran, Chakar, Bogota Boston. <laughs> Where's Bogota? Okay, hang on. I have to look this up. I, that's actually I played Pandemic, the game. Bogota is actually, it is something. Territorial entity of the First Order with the same administrative status as the Department of Columbia. Okay. I definitely South, knew that. It's, a, it's an urban area in South America. Okay, I've never heard Bogota. This. Maybe Bogota. Okay. I made that. Yeah, I guess Bogota is like the Bogota. Bogota. <laughs> The Megapope. We have been in lockdown for 93 days, and it's not fun. Spoiler, Osriel was a rabbit. T.I. in New Zealand. Thank you for the spoiler. Okay. Zan Xavier, and now Sunsven will do the second half. Nate Thicko, In zero a crazy, one. super overexcited way. Let's go. Nate Thicko, zero one Hamscroats. Bacon. Dota will be a better game if their next hero is a car salesman wearing a pirate hat, and his ultimate is called Horsecock. That's yes. Good. Shark TM, Novi Panda, Manscaped. Dop, nothing to see here, underscore man. Okay, but for real though, Sins fan, can you please use your Ice Frog connections to get the add all loading screen to shuffle button back, pitch black, wooden aftertaste, done talk, anonymous, cinder and sultry, singing, soothed my saddened soul for 30 USD. Peter, kangaroos outnumber Australians two to one, Nibling, and Perkadark loves you guys and all the members of the We Say Things community. Thank you, friends. Oh, Appreciate it. What a nice last one. Can right. I make this a habit? Well, mm -hmm. people don't know if they're last on the list, actually. So never mind. It'd be nice if the last one is just a nice one every week. That's right, Cinderin. Uh Okay, so you guys that have, have access to the outline can see that we have quite a few things listed before we talk about Dota. I'm going to just do three of them and save the rest for later. So people that are just really waiting and very excited, waiting with bated breath for my Microsoft Surface Duo uh, review is going to have to wait. I apologize. Uh, first, son, uh, Cinderin, Suns fan. Uh, the Phoenix Suns mm -hmm. started off the season 1-3 and three, and yeah. since then have won 13 in a row, which in basketball is quite a lot. How have you not talked about this when they had 10 in a row? Uh, it wasn't okay. impressive enough. It hasn't actually been that impressive. It's, we've had a very easy schedule, actually. Okay. But 13 in a row, still, that is something I should mention. Uh, they're off to a very good start. They're tied for second, or I think they're just second in the league right now. But still early on. So golf clap to the Suns. Uh, number two. I got Shannon. A golf clap is a sarcastic clap. It's something you do when it wasn't very good. It can be sarcastic, but Isn't doesn't it, it derive from an, sarcastic? Doesn't it derive from an actual clapping at a golf thing? Right. So the like way I understand match. it is that 
golf obviously is like an upper class thing right and they would have yeah. like their you know very they're very pretentious how to say, very modest exactly pretentious clapping yeah and i think it's got like the connotation of being sarcastic because it's not like a real clap so something you do you know like that's a golf clap to me is when you clap slowly yeah. it's like a slow clap right isn't it the same thing no it is you I, golf clap that I just, isn't sarcastic i just oh. never thought about it and you're probably right maybe golf clap is exclusively sarcastic a sarcastic or humorous form of applause performed by lightly and rapidly clapping the fingers of one hand against the palms of the other. Well, that's what a fucking clap is. Used to show indifference or disdain. <laughs> All right. Well, that's pretty much how that. I feel about the basketball, actually. So that's good. Yeah. Golf clap for the well, sentence. You, right. you loved it so much that you extended the conversation for no particular reason. Yes. Okay. That's second of three topics. Second topic is uh, I got a flu shot and COVID booster, actually, at the same time. Nice. Sandrin. It had been six months, and that's approved for people if they want it. Mm -hmm. Obviously, since we travel a lot, it's, you know, we're, I wouldn't say high risk, but it's some sort right. of a risk. So I did it. Uh, as far as How I can that? tell, no, no, uh, well, my arm was double sore, obviously. Right. Um, I never had any ill effects from the COVID shot, like the two I had previously. And this one, as far as I can tell, it didn't affect me at all again. But the flu shot two years in a row absolutely destroyed me for one night where I have to, I think I probably t talked about this already, where I got the shivers, I don't know what you call them, the chills, where mm -hmm. I just had to sleep in a hoodie, pajama pants, socks, and four blankets because I was Jesus freezing. Christ. Two years, in, whatever the flu strain out there is, it fucks me up. So uh, yeah, get your flu shots okay. and COVID shots. So the co the COVID shot you think had like a similar reaction to the vaccines, the original ones. It's just more of the same for you, or yeah, basically the flu shot they they change it a little bit every year based on uh, the flu changing, and I think part of it has to do with regional. I actually don't know about that hundred percent, but mm -hmm. like I always get my flu shot, and it wasn't until last year that I got the chills at night. For it's just one night, and then it's it's over. So two years in a row, right. for whatever reason, it's weird. Okay. Third topic, well, Cinderin. Do you see anything? This is partially for video people. I apologize. Do you see anything new in my background? Open you up have, the stream. Uh, oh, you have a shower. Nice. And an ESL trophy. That's right, Cinderin. Did you get the real one or did you get a replica? Let me let me go pick this up real quick. Taking off my headphones so I can't hear you. It looks really small from a distance, but. So heavy. It is quite heavy. <laughs> I'm not okay. actually making that up. Mm -hmm. uh, this is something I've been trying to get my hands on for quite some time. Uh, so Digital Chaos back in 2017 won ESL1 Genting. And that's what this is. Now, I'll tell you the quick story. I'm literally out of breath from going and picking that up. That's not good. That's understandable. It was quite far. Um, 
So it was a deadlift. 2017, it was like the end of 2017, December. It was like right after the 7.00 patch, I believe. Uh, or end of 20, I can't remember. It was like January. It, it switched. Maybe it was early January, technically. Uh, but anyway, we won. And then I ended up leaving DC like two months later or something like that. And mm-hmm. we had a team house here. And I knew that things were going to shit. Like the team was going to leave the, and go, get a new org as well. So we're like, everybody's leaving except for the other owner, right? And this right. was sitting... <laughs> at the team house and you know me i'm a man of high moral integrity cinderin high moral standing mm-hmm. this was the leg- legitimately the closest i've been to stealing something i was thinking about putting it in like my uh like severance kind of thing where i, I want the trophy but i didn't do it <coughs> but i could have easily taken this trophy if i wanted to and at the last minute i'm like i'm not going to be that guy I regret that, by the way. I do regret that. I wish I had stolen it. But uh, ownership changed, all that stuff. And then Greg, you know Greg, what is hip? He ends up getting Mm -hmm. control of uh, the team. They changed their name to Chaos Esports Club and all that stuff. Uh, And then, you know, a couple years with that, and then he ends up leaving. And I see a picture of him with this in his house. I'm like, could I have this? Could I please have my trophy Could I back? revisit the idea of stealing? Yes. Uh, and he was very uh, he very nice about it, and he sent it to me. I wow. couldn't be happier. I have my ESO1 Genting 2017 trophy. So, Can I just say, it. judging from how heavy that seems to be, yes. he probably paid $1,000 to mail that to you. I paid for it, but it, it was $100 shipping. You probably shipping. paid $1,000. $100 shipping from, I think it was East Coast to Phoenix, so across the U.S. $100. That's actually cheaper than I would have expected. I yeah. wouldn't literally have expected one grand. but It's not bad. It uh, might also not really be heavy. You're just pretending. He, or... he told me that he drank from it once with, like, I forget what he put in it, but as a celebration. So when it got here, I, I did sanitize it immediately. <laughs> uh, but let me go put it back. BRB. All right, it may- <laughs> uh, uh. <sighs> so I'm I'm gonna get something to, you know, like a pet, like a shelf or something to put it on. Like right now, it's literally on a trash can, which is probably fitting. But and can I just say, I if you place there. it a little bit differently in the room, if you look behind you and you see the way the light from the, I think it's the light from the monitor, like bounces off it in the camera shot, that looks yeah. really good. If you could somehow place it so that it has like an aura, that would look sick in your camera shot. Thanks, Sundaran. I'll let You're you welcome. design everything in my house from now on. That's honestly a pretty good choice. You would probably end up with just a green back wall on a white wall and no decoration whatsoever. And uneven as well, as I can That's see not uneven. You got a little more white on the right side, you know? Yeah, but that's... Wait. I th- <laughs> God, I I actually, you. it isn't centered at all. But yeah. why is it that it isn't centered? There's a reason for this. It's better for my stream this way. Yeah, I'll bet. There is a reason for you're lazy me. as fuck. No, actually not. There is okay. a reason. It's because of the way I cropped the shot. Because my... Of my mic placement stuff, whatever. It's really good like this, trust me. Okay, good. Trust me. All right, do so that is my news of the week, Cinderin. 
Uh, Very sorry good. for talking so much, but let's get started with the actual news of the mm-hmm. week. So we have roster locks, and I figured we'd just talk about some of the omissions first. Sure. And then we can talk about any teams that you find interesting. And there's probably, I mean, I shouldn't say probably, there's more omissions than this, but this is the first ones that I thought of. So right now, FY has announced he's taking a break for, they said health reasons, but I couldn't really figure out what the health reasons were. Might just be like a headspace kind of thing, potentially. I don't know if it's actual like uh, physical or if it's mental or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. but he's taking a break. Seb is retiring, which we'll get to the roster in a minute. No tail. Didn't say he's retiring, but he's taking a break, which he's done before yep. once, I think. And a couple notable free agents that I was, I think we were both convinced were going to be on Alliance, which was not the case. Soxa and Weha, which yep. they also won this trophy that's behind me. So you should mail it to them. See no. how much it costs. No, 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 no. Uh, never again. So, but of the omissions, do any of these surprise you? Or is there anything you want to talk uh, about concerning them? Soxa in particular. We is also a bit surprising considering he has been playing a lot again. So I actually thought that that was a, you know, was a hint that he had a team and that he was coming back and that he was yep. getting in the grind. But seemingly so far, that's not the case. Uh, I guess adding to the list should maybe be Koikva. I don't, but with I don't remember if we talked about this previously on the podcast, but he is currently full time streaming for Liquid. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I don't know if he has any aspirations of actually competing again later the this year or at all. If he's just done with that part and now he wants to stream, but his stream has been doing really well lately. Um, streaming mainly European late afternoon and late night or evening. Yeah. Um. So. Um. Yeah, Soxa is the biggest surprise. I thought he was going to end up in a top-profile European team, and I don't know why he didn't. I feel like with this shuffle, if he wanted to play in any of these Division One teams, he could have got into at least one of them. That's mm-hmm. how I feel. So maybe he's not a guy who posts a lot or says a lot in public. Um, maybe he wants to take a break. Maybe something happened. Uh, I believe he has been streaming a little bit, actually, which, again, for me, was just a sign, okay, Sox is joining a team that might have a streaming contract or whatever, but um, doesn't seem to be the case. I'm honestly really surprised. Uh, And I thought they were going to end up in a team together as well, potentially, like you talked about. They've played together before. Maybe they're going to make their own new team. And maybe they do. Maybe they just have to play Division 2. I don't know. Or play their ground from the ground up. I think the problem with that is if you're going to do that, now is the time because then I believe, correct me if I'm wrong here, rosters are locked, so you can't do that until season two now. Am I, I could be wrong on this. I think you're right. I would assume you can only start season two, which means best case scenario, Div 1 would be season three. So you're cutting it. You basically don't have, you have to right. successfully do that jump immediately in order to qualify for TI potentially, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree. I'm I'm surprised. I thought I don't I don't remember why we thought Weha was going to Alliance. I think it was the that was the rumor to begin with. It's just a guess based on what teams were shuffling, right? That it could fit. It wasn't just a guess. There there was rumors about it, but I don't know if something fell through or what. Either way, maybe yeah. I'm surprised that they weren't picked up at all. But what about Fy? Is that surprising to you? I mean, he. <laughs> came so close ti twice now or 
the winning yeah. TI. And he's been I mean, would you say he's dropped off at all in terms of skill, or is it more just the team around him hasn't been there? Uh I don't know how standout he was at this TI comparatively. I guess it just wasn't his best showing, but I don't know how much of that he like blames on himself and feels down and if again, if that's the reason he's taking the break or whatever. Um in general, I'm way less in touch with the Chinese scene than the European one. So I don't know. Maybe this is entirely unsurprising and we just don't know things about China. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, it's he's the only top Chinese profile that's taking a break, I think. Right. Um, that comes to mind anyway. So it's probably something personal. Um and not something like, let's say, contract-related or whatever, forced break mm -hmm. somehow. Um, I don't think that's the case here at all. So, yeah. I hope whatever the reason is that he comes back to playing later, again, uh, in this year or next year. Um, he's a super enjoyable player to watch. And he is, like we've talked about before, I think, he's probably the single Chinese player with the biggest fan base in the West, actually. Yep. It might be changing now with PSG LGD, um, but... I would say historically he's probably the most beloved Chinese player in the Western scene. So, yep, I agree. And he's FY historically. God. I mean, I think of him. I think of Rubik, pretty much yeah. synonymous. Okay, and then I guess the last couple that we glossed over: Seb retiring. That's like the third or fourth time for him. Uh, <laughs> and No Tail taking yeah. a break. But I guess we can get into why that is, or at least the reasons that they gave um so i was gonna put pictures up but i guess that's not working now so uh looking at the finished rosters for each respective dpc let's just go over the teams that we want to so for eu um let's talk about og real quick mm -hmm. if i can find that tab there we go total overhaul five new players uragi bzm atf taiga and misha Mm -hmm. I've heard of ATF, and obviously you know Taiga and Misha. Abbreviation of yeah. Somebody tweeted at me, and I've already forgotten. What is it? It's Amar underscore the underscore fucker in yeah, all caps. That's right. Yeah. It. That's good. <laughs> I would love I to cast that. I remember there was a phase in IMMR pubs where tons of people would just rename to something else underscore the fucker. <laughs> It really, he really made a splash with that nickname. I think he was like <laughs> sixteen or some fifteen. I'm Mar the fucker. I dude, I I would. Well, I'd have to he ask permission to, abbreviate. to say I it. I think but Valve didn't like that name. I'd love very to cast that shit. But yeah, it's totally new roster. I don't know anything about BZM or Uragi. I didn't even look it up because I'm uh, very Han BZM is Hansha. He played for Creep Wave last season and was oh, pretty okay. impressive in the mid lane. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think this is the first like major team for Yuragi. So he's also known as Space. He's a high ranked uh, CIS carry player in pubs. Um, okay. That's pretty much all I know about him. I think he's played in some like tier two teams a little bit, maybe. But um, but yeah, this is a total breath of fresh air for OG. And honestly, I have literally no clue how to place this team. I don't really have high hopes, if I'm being honest, but. It's at the same time, you know, we, we've seen the story at least lately with these upcoming young talents that really make a splash. I think 
it's funny to me to see how the meta of building teams seems to change based on who wins TI. Like people put a lot of stock in the ideology of what team won, right? Mm. So after the year that EG won at TI5, teams started picking up young talent because Samael was owning as like a 16-year-old, right? So then it like changed the mindset where all the other teams at the time were just shuffling the old guard, the like 25-year-old players that have been playing with shitloads of experience. Now you started bringing in fresh players with a different perspective. And now that TI was young with one with a team of super young new players, I just see these a lot of the rosters, not all of them, but I see a lot of rosters really looking to just, okay, what new players are there that are hungry that haven't mm-hmm. played very much? Um, I think this year in Division One, just looking at these teams, there are so many new players compared to usual um, in this division. So it's pretty interesting. Yep. And again, we're going to gloss over a couple of these rosters. We're not going to go through everything. Uh, Tundra obviously not changing anything. We'll get to them in a minute. Uh, Team Secret, again, we're just confirming what we thought were going to be the rosters from last week. Nisha, yep. Sumail, Ice Ice Ice, Yaps, or Puppy, I think... In terms of just on paper, they have the best roster in of any team, not just in this region. I think of anybody in the world. Uh, it's all really about putting strong. that together. Nigma didn't change anything, and there were rumors that a lot of people tried out for ILTW's position at position one, but he retains that position. I don't know if that's because he won it out over everybody else or because others just didn't actually want to join, uh, which... He I did think- the best out of all of the tryouts in the flight simulation. Okay. Sure, Cinderin. Did you see that video? No, the flight. No. Oh, okay. because well, they're, that joke was they're a little sponsored bit lost. by uh, by that flight thing or the air. Yeah, airline, they're sponsored right? by an airline company, and they did a video with them where they did a test flight oh. in a simulation. All of them. Oh, I, I saw them post. I did not click it, but I saw them post okay. that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Team Liquid, uh, the full roster finally: Matu, Mickey, Boxy, Zai, Insania. I don't know what to think about this roster. It looks okay. It doesn't look mega strong, though. But again, the thing is, like a lot of these players are really good, obviously. It's just about the chemistry mm-hmm. and how well they work together. Uh, and Insania, um, fellow Iranian here, he, he's going to have to prove himself on the big stage for sure because this is the second year now under Team Liquid. Uh, and I think Zai is like one of those players. And Ma- Actually, I would say both of them. Matu and Zai have established themselves as players that you can just plug in to almost any system, right? Right. So they're not yeah, worrisome they're super on paper at all, right? So it's really the other three that have to prove themselves to some degree. I think the wild card here for me is how is it going to work with Boxy? It's because supposedly he's been training a lot of four in pubs. Mm-hmm. So I think they will maybe be giving Zai the offlane. And he they did that when they had uh, Taiga in the team. They had this phase where Boxy would start as offlane and then five minutes in, he would transition into support, basically, in, in like play style. So they would play Taiga on Enigma in a lot of those games, and they start the lane together. Boxy gets some levels, does something else, and Taiga becomes the core. Um, so Boxy definitely has the experience of playing that style. Uh, but if he's designated four and doesn't get that laning start, it is a different way of playing for him. Um, so I'm curious to see how that's going to work out, or if they put Zion four. Like the implication of this graphic is that. Whoever made the graphic probably thinks Zai is the four. Um, That's true. Positions haven't been a hundred percent. Maybe they're swapping it up. Maybe, like, but... um, maybe they don't do the same every game. Maybe that's like something they consider a draft advantage, uh, something they can do to 
be tricky because obviously both of those players can play both roles. So right. that's interesting. And then the final team for EU that we'll talk about is Alliance. Their official roster now is Nico, Baby, Supreme, Leslau, Aramis, and Hanskin. I actually I think this roster got a lot of hate. I think it's actually pretty good. It's so definitely too. a major upgrade to last season, in my opinion. Hanskin's still a Han boy. I think he's the one that has something to prove now as the captain of this team. But Nico Baby, I think, is an absolute beast. Supreme is a beast. Lesla was super solid in NA and SA, I guess, before that. And Aramis, we cast a bunch last year. Uh, always feels like he has these standout performances on, on support. So I actually like yeah. the roster quite a bit. I don't know why I got so much hate. I think it's a bit of a wild card, um, and maybe that's why it got hate, because I think a lot of people can see that this team could be good, but uh, maybe they expect with the roster that Alliance had that it was more recognizable names. I think to the general public playing this game or enjoying the the pro scene a little bit, names like Supreme and Aramis might not in inspire a lot of confidence in you, right? Because where were they at TI, right? right? Like, where are Alliance's TI players? Um <clears throat> Well, but you could say the same about Team Liquid. There are tons of good players that don't go to TI. Huh? Team Liquid has two players. Yeah. Right? Okay, let me ask so, you this. Just on without seeing any games. I think a lot of familiarity factor for the audience. On paper, on paper yeah. right now, what team do you mm -hmm. think will out will be better, Alliance or Team Liquid? Cuz I'm leaning towards Alliance. I like their their roster has I less question marks be to me. Okay. So this I is our bet be going better. forward. Okay. I think Alliance will be sure. better than Liquid. And but if I did a power ranking of Europe right now, I think Secret number one, Nigma number two, and really? no, yeah, it depends, depends Tundra. on Tundra. Tundra. Because the last thing we saw from Tundra was great, um, but it's really long ago. I guess it is for Nigma too. So yeah, Secret, Secret one, Nigma and Tundra two, and then Liquid three. I think I would do like a tie between Nigma and Tundra for now. Okay. Um, and that's perfect for OG because nobody expects them to do amazing. So they're going to fucking own everybody somehow. That's how it is with OG. OG, um, it feels like <laughs> OG seed, except it's not OG seed. It's yeah, just OG. It, it really does. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I don't have high hopes for them either. Okay. What region do you want to talk about? Because we don't want to make this too long. I We'll go over NA real quick. Yeah, uh, sure. There's not many rosters to go over <laughs> that are interesting. The confirmed EG one. Yeah, we talked about Quincy Crew a couple weeks ago, or even last week, yeah. just with Jack. So that's obviously still Pat. EG, like you said, confirming RTZ, Abed, Nightfall, Crit, Jerax. Obviously star-studded. I still have my question marks about how that team works, but mm -hmm. we've seen teams like this that have question marks that end up just owning everybody. So who knows until the season starts. So Undying, I could have sworn that Moon Meander made a tweet at some point after TI saying that the team is sticking together except for Dubu, who is going to be joining another team or something like that. Am I crazy? Maybe chat can confirm thought, or deny this. I thought the post he made was that they were going to all stick together and keep grinding. I could have sworn, but maybe I had a dream about it, which... Maybe it was wishful thinking weird. and you just hate Dubu. Dubu is hilarious. Uh, but yeah, no changes for Team Undying, so that's good to see. And then four Zoomers is totally different. Costa Bile, Gunner, Mu, Z-Freak, Husky. And then there's four other teams in NA that we won't even talk about, honestly. No offense. <laughs> I love the Arkosh. The way it's... So, so Arkosh is Division 1, right? 
and there are five players. They have two new players. One is Monkey, which is your cat, and the other one is Forsaken Oracle. And for every player on this uh, graphic, there's a flag of the country they're from, right? And for Arcot, it's just five pentagrams. Wait, am I... Okay, I'm actually going to look this up. Is Monkeys forever playing with them? Or did they? Did he actually just choose Monkey as the name? I don't know. I don't I'm know. I'm looking this up on Liquipedia as we speak. Let's see. It's not even listed here. Okay, I'm going to have to ask Blacks about this because first he takes good effort and now Monkey? Like, uh, He's literally. What's he going to steal next? All right, apparently. His, his next nickname is going to be ESL 2017 Trophy. <laughs> Yeah, chat is saying that it is in fact uh, monkeys forever. So, mm. okay. Do they know who Forsaken Oracle is? I don't know. Do you know? No. Do you? I have literally no idea. No. I could probably ask Slacks and he'll tell me, but mm. I wouldn't leak it. Of course, I would never do that. Uh, okay, SCA. Uh, we talked about even though they're lower division. Uh, Talon Esports, well, they're in the open qualifiers right now, but we assume they're going to make it to lower div uh, with Fly and whatnot. But upper division, is there any any names you want to talk about, Cinderin? In in which one, sorry? At any region. Just pick a region, anything you find Any region. Yeah. Team Spirits mm. sticking together. Shocker. VP's looking a lot different now because obviously their lineup has changed. There's so. shitloads of just overall remakes. I think a lot of people have relatively high hopes for Navi. I think they maybe deserve an honorable mention along with VP because those are also the teams that people know, right? Yeah. Um, VP swapping out two players. They swapped out Save and they swapped out obviously Nightfall who went to EG. And they've got a carry called Pure. And then they have Yamich, who I think has, in general, been the highest-rated support of CIS in pubs in a very long time. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he was ranked one on the leaderboards at one point. Um, 11k something as a four. Um, so it's been very impressive, to say the least. Uh, but in Pro Dota, hasn't really got the biggest results. And then for Navi, they only kept their 1-2 position, v and no one. And then they got general again. <laughs> How many times? Aloha Dance on four and Solo five. And this is one of those teams that is a kind of a big question mark for me because it's like the opposite of the thing we talked about with the meta right now, so to speak, of getting new talent. Mm -hmm. um, These are all known names for sure. They're known names and they're very experienced players. The question is, do they still have that fire, right? Solo, Aloha Dance. I think General has a fire under his ass right now. He just wants to prove everyone wrong with the bad kicks that happened in the past where uh, he got kicked from Navi and then they just did way worse. So I think he's in a strong position to prove himself. Um, Aloha Dance and Solo is a question mark for me. Have they still got it? Uh, are they going to impress or are they going to fall behind? Because, you know, something that has definitely happened to Dota and that I think favors the younger players to an extent is that some of the changes are so incredibly quick and like major overhauls that learning <laughs> learning to handle all of the new stuff um, is to an extent probably easier for some of the younger players. Let me try to make this make sense somehow. I think now all of the experience that the 30-year-old or 25-year-old or whatever you want to say players have matters less than it did in the last five years. Does that make sense? Do you know what I mean by that? No. 
like the game the massive overhauls that the game has got the game has changed so radically that your experience is worth less with like worth less, neutral items economy flow of the game everything it it's less the patches now are so far from what they were five years ago that mm -hmm. your experience doesn't carry with it as much weight as it did yeah not no, too long ago that's that's true i think yeah. And the point I'm making with that is that the gap between the young players and the experienced players should be smaller for that reason, because they don't like get out experienced in the same extent where they just lose too hard on draft or um, loosen some sort of knowledge in the game of timings and whatever, because everything has changed so much that the that the younger players have kind of quote unquote caught up. I think. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, there's so definitely there's definitely two aspects fun. to it. The first is just like any sport. The younger generation will inevitably be better. Like if you took right. Michael Jordan versus like Kobe, this is kind of old still, but versus Kobe Bryant, mm -hmm. Kobe Bryant was probably beat him, but it doesn't mean that Michael Jordan wasn't the best for his era and meant more for the game technically, right? Right. And you need that player to step up everybody else's game so that the younger generation comes in, they learn faster because they have something to work off of, and yeah. everybody improves as a result. Then there's the second thing, like you said, the game itself. It's like if basketball, if the rules change, which they have, uh, but not to the degree that Dota has, uh, you're right. The younger players should have a leg up theoretically. But then the question is, what is too old? Because that's the big difference between traditional sports, yes. right? Because there's a certain exactly. point where you cap off. You're like, okay, you're just, all you are is IQ and your reaction time is just garbage. So you're going to be not that great at basketball or whatever sport where Dota, not as much. And like I'm not going to make the case either that I'm not going to make the case that any player in any of these rosters is too old because I genuinely don't believe it. It's not about the age. It's about how to say the mental state of you playing for the team. Like how hungry are you? What's the work ethic? How much are you going to put into it? The young players in general have everything ahead of them. They're super thirsty for the wins. They're going to put in everything they've got um, really Put in that grind because they're playing a shitload anyway right and now they get to finally you know get that dream of going to ti um and playing there so you you totally it's very easy to understand why the young players are extremely driven um uh, and i think at some point it becomes harder for the older players to maintain that drive over 10 years right uh -huh. and yeah. always have that willingness and that energy to put in this um, is why players like Puppy, about motivation. like Puppy, might be the most impressive player in yes. Dota history because of the longevity and the fact that his teams yeah. have always been good. Exactly. Like a couple he's, times he's he hasn't the... placed well at TI, but he's the teams even prior to TI have been contenders. For sure. He's he's excellent proof that age, at least at this point, the age where we have now, where some of the older players are like 30 to... I don't know who the oldest player in the pro circuit is, but I think I think Puppy's older than me. Let me look it up. Uh, Puppy is... Okay, he's... No, actually, he's three months younger than me. He's 31. Um, so he's 31, and he's still playing at an elite level, and I don't feel like he gets outclassed, right? So it's not like, okay, you're, th you're 30, you're over the hill, you can't play against the 16-year-olds anymore. That's not the point I'm making. It's specifically about motivation and drive rather than overall mechanical skill and the ability to keep up with the like radical changes the game has because there's one thing that's true it's that you learn faster when you're younger right um and if the 
the game gets massive changes and you need to learn it fast, then it's again about that whole how much is the experience factor versus the quicker learning and the slightly faster fingers or whatever you want to say. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it's it's interesting uh, to see this change. And yeah, I just wanted to mention that with Navi because th that's a little bit more of the di opposite direction of what a lot of other teams are going. So I'm curious to see how that works out with the older guard against the, the very young talent in many other teams. All right. Last region that I'm going to talk about, you can feel free to do whatever, is China. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. PSG LGD, we already talked about this, but no changes no be made to them, which I'm happy about. Uh, Super happy. IG have kicked, well, I shouldn't say kicked, I don't know for sure, maybe left on his own accord. Kaka is out, and Fade will be replacing him as the position four. Yep. Kaka uh, is not in a Division One team. He didn't even get swapped to another one. That's the guy that uh, got... Did he get COVID or couldn't go to a land because he was banging a prostitute? Is that the same guy? That was Boboka. Damn. Why did I get him mixed up with Kaka? They're both Wait. position fours. Wait, what team so. was Boboka on? Aster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. And he's okay. on it again. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, we can talk about Aster, I guess. They got rid of White Album and Lanham as the coach, apparently. Uh, Ori is going to be the mid for Team Aster, and yeah. joining Monet, XXS, and Boboka again. And the coat, wait, is that the position five? Yeah, position five is Siamese.c. I don't know who that is. Don't know who it is either. And then the last team I'll mention is Vici, who have completely <laughs> revamped their roster. The Total only remaining overhaul. player is Poyoyo. By the way, I call him Poyoyo a lot when I cast, because I don't think about it. That could be right, technically. I, I don't know how you say it. Poyoyo. Like, people get mad that I say Poyoyo, but if you look at it, it could be Poyoyo. Poyoyo. Mm. It could also be P-O-Y-O-Y-O. Yeah, that's right. But he'll be joining XM, Irving, YDS, and then some characters that I can't read. So. A.K.A. Victoria. Victoria was a, a very promising, strong Chinese support okay. uh, a few years ago. Uh, actually regarded as maybe the best at, at one point. Um, so it's interesting to see Victoria's name there I don't know, maybe he's been playing a lot more in China than I'm aware of, once again, don't follow the region too closely, but it's a name I definitely recognize I don't know what teams he played for last year and the year before, but not at a huge international level so mm -hmm. we'll see about him uh, XM is an outstanding mid laner uh, he did, I think, one or two stand-in tournaments for a team, don't remember which one but he's been looking, he's been really good as well, so Irving and YDS don't know so much about them, but really curious. Um, I want to quickly mention RNG before we move on, because we talked about after TI how Somnus was looking incredible in the mid lane, but they still got a really bad placement um, mm. with Elephant. He is now going to play for RNG. So RNG will have, they're retaining their position one and four from last season, which is God King and Felix Xiaoba. And then they're getting Somnus, Chalice, and X Nova. Um, I think RNG is going to be strong this season. I, I have pretty high hopes for this team, actually. Um, I think Somnus proved at this TI that he definitely still got it, and especially in lane, is formidable to basically everyone in the world. He was insane in lane that tournament. He just didn't get to really showcase it because they lost so many games. Mm -hmm. um, but he did great. Uh, X Nova I hold in very high regard, so... And Chalice, Chalice being back, he got second at TI. Um, 
and I, I don't put these in the same category as the thing, the concern I had earlier with some of the older players and like fatigue or drive or whatever. These are still on the younger side, uh, I would say, at least compared to the other ones I mentioned. So, yep. but yeah, very exciting either way. Honestly, I think in many ways, this is going to be potentially the most exciting DPC season just because it's such a mixed bag this time. I think there's so many changes and so many uncertainties about what players are going to be good, what styles are going to work, uh, on like a macro level of designing a team. Right. I feel like it, there isn't like a clear cut ideology here that everybody's just following, and there's so much, so many names on there, and some you know, it's really cool to see the return of Jerex. Um, very curious to see how he does. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff to look out for. Yep. A lot of good storylines for sure. I'm just going to add this as part of the topic, but Tundra made an announcement that yep. they signed all their players to contracts through 2024. Yeah. That's three years, essentially. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, it could be two and a half or something like that, but either way, this is the longest contract that we know of ever in Dota. Like, this is kind of unheard of. This is kind of unheard of. What are your... I, I don't even know what to think because it's a risk from the orgs. I mean, it depends on the deal, really, because we don't know mm -hmm. the money. So everything depends on that. So it's all complete speculation here. It's good for the players, obviously. But then it could get messy if something doesn't work out and there needs to be some sort of a buyout or if a player's just yep. held in limbo, things can get really weird for the player. But if they're happy with the financial security that they've you know, uh, signed off on, then that's part of being a player under contract. What do you think? I mean, I would hope, and some of these players are pretty experienced in the game, right? Like Fata, he has signed quite a lot of contracts. So I would hope that they have good clauses for what happens if they need to replace players or what happens if they need to leave, like if if there's disagreements between the org and the players or whatnot. So like you said, so you don't get caught in these awkward spots because usually what most Dota contracts do on a pro level is they last from one TI to the next, right? It's a one-year contract uh, because the orgs know that post-TI, things tend to change. And it's also such an huge brunt of everything in their investment. So it's just a logical time for them to reassess. Do we want to change uh, players? Do we want to get out of Dota entirely? Um, because TI is 80% of the profit of the year for this game, or not 85 or something like insane. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a very natural time. Uh, the fact that Tundra has this long of a contract is... Like, from a symbolic value, really strong for the team, right? It's the org saying, we believe in you guys as a team, in the players. It's a way for the players to tell each other, you guys know what? We're really enjoying ourselves. We want to do this for a long time. Um, but you know with Dota, things can change over a month. Uh, things can go sour, go wrong. Someone quits, finds something else to do. You know, like, if, if they get another opportunity that they love more or they lose touch with the game or whatever, mm -hmm. um, things can happen. So... I really like the idea of long contracts in Dota because I think, like you said, that stability and what it shows and the investment from orgs into the game like that is really good. But for the most part, it hasn't really been financially very feasible for these orgs. Uh, and the players usually prefer shorter contracts for their own safety of being able to switch. If things don't go well, you're a little bit more locked in like this. Yeah. Um, Going to repeat something I've said on 100 episodes by now. If the tournament circuit was different, I think we would see more longer-term contracts if TI wasn't everything and if there was more guaranteed return on investment for sponsors uh, through 
different prize distribution throughout the league, through better team exposure throughout the year. Um, but TI is what everybody cares about by too much compared to everything else. So I think the one-year contract is just going to remain the norm, honestly, unless we have an overhaul of the, the system. But it's cool to see Tundra taking a risk. That's basically what I'll call it. It is cool. I agree. Hopefully it works out for everybody. Okay, next thing on the list is the drama of the week, essentially. Uh, Bumblebees, who were a lower oh, div this. team in NA. Uh, at first, uh, it was reported that they sold their DPC slot to an ancient stack. That's apparently not true. Uh, essentially, I believe the person that had control of that account, which was the manager, mm -hmm. I believe, uh, is now using it uh, for himself plus four women to come in and play. And they're about, I'm just going to randomly say about ancient level uh, so not high MMR, about my MMR, I guess. Um, and it was competing. And of course, this is a bit of drama going around. And I'm interested to talk about it. Okay, so first, there is one aspect of this that I'm not. we're not going to talk about because I don't know all the details, although I remember hearing about it back in the day. The guy that I believe, allegedly, uh, is the one that created this roster has had accusations thrown at him in the past regarding sexual harassment and other stuff i remember some yeah. of the details like when it gets like some really bad stuff mm -hmm. i don't remember all the details like i said and we're just gonna not talk about that because i don't have any more information on it anyway um right. so from the other side what are your thoughts on this so the tweet that went out if i can find mm -hmm. it real quick or real quick this is the tweet you've been waiting for. Yes, this is me. No, my team did not buy the slot. Why? Because the current slot system is broken and I love my girls. No, we do not represent all women in Dota, only ourselves. Yes, we plan on taking this seriously and have fun. So it's doing a couple things. I'm looking at the positives of this, right? So mm -hmm. first and foremost, and tell me with whatever you disagree on this, okay? Okay. NA is a come. I mean, you're gonna obviously agree with this. One. NA is a complete fucking shit show in general. Like, no, absolutely not. The average team, even <laughs> in upper division, would get shit on by basically every other division right now. Like, it is mm. so depleted of talent right now in NA. It is unfortunate. Yeah. So having a team that number one is lower divis, lower division, and is full of mostly women, even if they get destroyed. That has a positive spin to some degree. That's kind of cool that we're going to get some women playing at the very least in DPC. And the second thing, they're taking advantage of this, if you want to call it a loophole or the way the system works right now, where maybe this will cause Valve to change something up to make sure stuff like this can't happen. Like it's a... Yeah, it's... Honestly, I don't know. Like, th this situation is really awkward for me because, yeah, the representation is good, but I don't know how good these players are. But from what I've gathered from, like, reading or whatever, they're anywhere between Archon and Ancient. They're gonna, if that's the case, they're going to be annihilated so far back to the Stone Age that the games won't even be games. They're going to be, if that's the case, it's going to be walkovers, okay? So mm -hmm. um, they don't have a chance of winning a single game, if that is true. So for now, I'm going to work with that idea because it's the only thing I've heard, right, about okay. the rank or the skill of these players. If they're so far outskilled by their opponents, then I don't know if this makes the women's representation look good. It makes them look like, you know, 
it makes them look like a diversity hire in the division two, right? Okay. And I love representation of women in games. I love it um, because I think it's really good just to have, you know, like role models and have more representation, etc. But doing it this way where they just get into a slot that they haven't earned is just bound to, how to say, they're bound to get completely crushed. And I love the idea of having these girl teams or, you know, having professional uh, female players that you know, get to a higher ranking and get a better placement than, than this. But we've had, what have we had in CSGO? So there are some women's rosters in CSGO, for example, that play kind of their own leagues. And I guess the hope for many is that they improve and get to a level where they compete internationally. Um, but to me, this is just not the way to do it, right? Like, I'm super supportive of the idea of this team and having these people play together. But I don't think them just grabbing a slot where they're going to get annihilated is going to make anyone look good. Um, that's that's my two cents. And if they're doing this as like a protest toward the system, that's also what I don't really get about this is that, yeah, the system is flawed. So we're going to take advantage of this to have fun. And no, we're not doing this for women. We're just doing it for ourselves. So you're not doing it for like a representation thing. You're just doing it because you want to have some fun in this division. Uh, and you were lucky enough to know the guy who owns the team so that you can go and play in this in these division games. Um over and this is the main point for me over a team that would qualify for and deserve it right because mm -hmm. whoever does not get this slot is better than this team that's my worry here is that they legitimately just snipe this uh snipe this because they own the slot and uh place in players that are not competing at this level for comparison and the reason there's no drama similar to this in you know other regions is that all of the teams that have total overhauls, like OG, who effectively are five new players but still have the roster slot, the level of skill in the roster, the players, is so much higher that people don't consider this a snipe or whatever you want to call it, right? Like all of the OG players are out, but mm -hmm. the ones stepping in have competitive pro potential. But I don't know where we draw the line. For me, it's like, I'll crush some dreams right now. Guys, if you're Archon or Ancient, you're not a pro player. Okay? Damn, I was so close. <laughs> it's just not okay, true. Okay, so tell me this. So, now, like, just to make a counter-argument, I'm not saying I agree or disagree with this. What's the difference with Arkosh? It's just skill then. Just slightly, I shouldn't say slightly, they're just better. The Arkosh players are way better. Okay. If it's, again... I mean, they made it upper I, division, so... I'm... Okay, I'm going to be a little bit careful with this just because, again, I'm going off what I have read. I don't know any of these players in terms of their skill personally. I've never played with or against any of them. But everything I've heard and read is that I believe none of them are immortal, okay? Mm -hmm. And the jump from anything below immortal to high immortal in any region is astronomical in skill. It just is. And... I mean, to me, it would be the most crazy story if a team of ancients could, like, place in this league. I just refuse to believe it, okay? It's, it's like, it's so far from everything I know about this game that it would totally <laughs> blow my mind. Um, and, so and, yeah, I mean, I, I question... kind of feel the dilemma, right? Because I also want to be on your side of this, where I'm like, it's great for the representation to have a female team that they can cheer for and that they can watch, etc. But 
I think part of the reason that in other games it is done this way is if the if the woman talent in the game isn't strong enough, and there are that's the problem really in CS:GO and Dota, etc. The amount of women that are really really high skill is so small that the representation almost isn't there, right? So if you want a real solid women representation, you can't build a team that has like stars because there aren't enough. So then you end up building these like good teams, but not like super good teams that have players like in CSGO. And when they compete against the world elite, they get run over. So I still think those teams are good for representation because it gives something to aspire to. And especially in CSGO, for example, you have like women's leagues where they're competing internally. And that is not because inherently women are worse at games than men. It's just the amount of people that play it and the amount of effort and time that goes in. Men just have a huge advantage out of player pool. Like it's mm -hmm. just mathematically, they're going to have more superstars because there's a hundred times as many that play it, right? And that's just what's going to happen. So, uh, and apart from that, the women are also fighting against all stereotypes. They need to overcome that of being a woman in gaming that makes their journey even harder. So... Becoming a pro player as a woman in Dota or CSGO is ridiculously hard. So I really sympathize with that. Um, so just and that's why I think clear, it's cool that they have their own teams still, right? So that there is something to aspire to. But I Dota mean, doesn't have that to be infrastructure. To I, I don't disagree with anything you're saying. I was just trying to, for once, focus on the positive aspects, which yeah. might not happen. Like the whole idea. I'm just of, worried that it's not a positive. Right. It. I'm worried that they're going to get abuse compared to... So here's the thing for me. Okay, I know I'm talking a lot about this, but I, I am pretty passionate about it. So in CSGO, uh, these women teams are announced. They're built for the purpose of competing together and being a women's team and, you know, getting as far as they can, getting to the highest skill level that they possibly can accomplish. And, you know, hopefully the dream for them is to play at the international stage at the highest level of skill. Uh, none of them have really got there yet, to my knowledge. This is different because from the community's perspective, and this is my concern with these players, yeah, they're in it for the fun or whatever. I think they're going to receive a shitload of abuse because people feel like they took away a slot that another team deserved. That's not what's happening in CSGO. That's women's teams being formed, playing together uh, in, their, in their relative own division, right? Like they're placed correctly, so to speak, there. Mm -hmm. And here it is, effectively, you are deleting a slot from higher skilled players. Um, and that is what I'm worried about, is that so, the story here isn't going to be, wow, it's so cool to see a women's team. It's going to be, why are these guys playing here? Right? right? And then it doesn't look good, and it doesn't do any good. And that's yeah. my worry about this, is that it's actually going to be a net negative. Yeah, because it, I want it to be a positive as much as you do. That's definitely um, that's But definitely I don't think it's going to be the story. That's my worry here. I really don't think that's the story people are going to tell. They're going to be like, why is this team here? They're getting a fucking run over. Yeah. So I just hope for them that they put on a good show, and even if they lose every game, that it's not like, you know. So it, we should say games. again that nothing is like no rules are being broken. This is how the system works right, right. now. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which There's, again, I'm not saying the system is perfect. We've given many complaints in the past. I think this will be the thing that breaks the camel's back, and that something will change. I like the idea inherently, and God's actually tweeted something relating to this as well. And I completely agree that orgs should have control. It was between him and Kelly uh, from Alliance that were talking about this. Orgs should have control of the roster. Uh, and it's up to them when they're, obviously, if they're paying salary and whatnot, which isn't really the case in NA anyway, which is the inherent issue, which we'll get to. But if they're paying salary, they can, you know, obviously 
establish who's the person that has control of the account. I am perfectly mm -hmm. fine with that because they're putting in all the risk anyway. The problem is, like I said, in NA, and not just NA, but it's more so there in this region than others, nobody's sponsored. It's just all a bunch yeah. of collection of individuals, and that's the main issue. There's more team slots for the DPC by far than there are orgs, and it comes in large part down to the game just not being profitable for orgs, which right. <laughs> harkens back again to the fact that TI is the main tournament, the only tournament that matters throughout the year. Um, but yeah, there's so many angles. I Let's not talk about it anymore. Hopefully it works out in some respect. Who knows? But that yeah. that was the drama of the week. No, no doubt about it. Okay, let's move on. Well, we're already at an hour. Okay, we got to speed right through these, Cinderin. Mm -hmm. There were sure. some uh, features potentially leaked, not leaked, but uh, mined inside the files for Dota, yep. that there might be a Drow Ranger Arcana coming that has some mm -hmm. sort of a Arcana progress, uh, which people are very excited about. In addition, there's been more files uh, relating to a potential Aghanim's Labyrinth 2. The Battle Pass maybe coming soon, Sinan, with the DPC starting again. Mm -hmm. Any Anything to say about this? Do you, for the Drow Arcana specifically, if it's true, which is looking pretty likely. Right. Well, first of all, where the fuck is Void? <laughs> Void, we need the Void Arcana. I mean, that's that's a year... Over a year now, <laughs> let's be real. I don't know, man. Uh, but is there something that you would like to see for Drow? I don't think we're going to see anything crazy like a mount or anything like that. But No, I, I don't know. It's not a hero that I'm particularly invested in or have really good ideas for. Um, I'm trying to think what really sets her aside from other ranged carries in the game that they could like draw on. Like maybe the silence theme. Um... I don't really know how you design that into the Arcana, though. Like, I guess the I've, I'm pretty sure Gust is going to get an animation um, with the Arcana, a different one. But, yeah, I don't know. I know that's a boring answer, but Drow isn't really too inspiring for me in yeah. general I mean, it's as just an Arcana an archer. hero. And if you put yeah. an archer on a tiger, then it's Morana. So you don't really have that yeah. much to work with, I guess. Uh, maybe she'll turn into a cat herself. We've seen the cat ears already. <laughs> Maybe they just go full ham on that idea and see what happens. Yeah, just totally rework the hero. Release the Arcana and do a total rework. How about that? So this is actually a perfect segue because there there were nine custom heroes uh, created by a fan, I believe, named Lazy Fay, that was posted on... And this is going to be mostly for video people. I'm going to bring up the graphic now. I, I, I will admit uh, these characters were built in Dota and they have skills and whatnot like written out. I didn't read one of them because I have PTSD of reading other people's hero custom custom hero abilities. Didn't interest mm. me at all. But I do want to talk about the models because, I mean, whether you like the style or not, they're well made. Mm -hmm. Do you think any of these would fit into Dota based on how they look? And actually, what I'm going to do is Are you zoom in them? more. Yeah, I'm, zo I'm going to zoom in and then slide them over so we can get a better... Right. Okay, let's go left better. to right, okay? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm covering I think your the face left one. <laughs> yeah. The left one could be the new morph arcana. Oh. 
I actually didn't it think actually, about them making it know, more humanoid. Yeah. I think a lot of true. people would <laughs> like that over the current Morphling box. Yeah, no doubt. Um, let's see, which one of these would fit the most in the game? I really don't think the fourth one would. Wait, hold on. We're going left to right. What do you mean? Look at look at the stream. I'm doing a one by one. Let's just. Oh, you're literally that. doing them one by one. Yeah. And I just say yay or nay in Dota Universe. Is that it? Yeah. Okay, first one, yay. It could be a spirit, okay. or it could well, be... Well, hold on, let's go yeah. back and forth. You don't need to speed through this, okay? Okay. I oh, will I thought agree. you said we were going to speed up. I think this one would be good in Dota, actually. Yeah, I could the see it. The first one. Yeah, first one. Yeah. Okay, number two. Is this guy with a... It's almost like an Omni Knight uh, Arcana. I, this definitely it's, fits Dota. I don't know why you're hesitating. I, this definitely fits Dota. This I don't know like why he makes me think more Mars than Omni, though. It's like a so Mars. Like, I guess it's his build, nah, his would, build, and the fact that he has like a spear, right? I would say it's Omni like Centaur, actually, without the horse aspect. Like the helmet uh, area is kind of centaurish. He could fit, but I I don't feel like that is nearly as good of a okay. fit as the first one. Regardless, it's a bit you, more bland. This will fit in Dota, though. I guess. Like if this came out, you wouldn't be raging about it. it looks fine no 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 okay next one i'm only raging at the quality of the games is what is this one exactly next one is bloodborne bloodborne that does sound familiar i'll pretend yeah. to know what that means it's literally bloodborne um and uh it could fit i think yeah i agree it could fit. I like it the least out of the first three for Dota. Okay. This one does not fit, I don't think. No, thanks. Although it, he could be a persona, because then you can do whatever you want, apparently. Just put him in the anime, and then everyone will yeah, think he fits in so Dota. That's, that so. is the thing. Like if We're basing these off of everything before the anime heroes were mm. added, like Marcy and the Dragonite persona. Because this would fall under that line. But yeah, this does not fit the traditional sense of Dota at all. The color scheme is like very um, all over the place. Like they clash. And then just the hairdo, everything is just super anime. This is more yeah. League. This is more some other game. Okay, this one. The big beetle-ish looking guy. It looks like he something really from... strikes me as a mobile game character more than any of the others. This more just than looks Breaker? like a mobile game character. <laughs> I don't think it looks more. It looks like you guys watch uh, Space Jam. This is like from the Monstars. Looks like a Disney, not Disney, <clears throat> like the Tiny Toons kind of thing. He looks like a small dude that put on a big armor. You see, he has his real arms next to his torso, and the big ones are on the outside. I mean, this guy. So, 100%, so it's a little beetle in a costume to make it look scary. No, I think it's now. Manscape is going to appreciate this. This guy jerks off with his left hand a hundred percent. This yeah. guy goes complete ham with Manscape products uh, afterwards mm. to make sure that he's all cleaned up and whatnot. So, right, okay. Uh, this one, I'd say it's borderline <laughs> whether you could put this in Dota or not. Uh. Okay, the next one. It looks more like a Pokemon, like Chaz pointing out, or a Digimon, actually. Okay. Okay, this one I could I could see. This actually. could have been like a I brood persona. Right? It actually looks. I I guess kind of. It actually looks very. 
I don't know if you'll agree with this. This looks a bit artifact card design to me. Okay. Actually, it looks like just the overall style of of it reminds me of artifact somehow. Uh-huh. Um, and I think it, I definitely think it could fit. I I love this one. This is a brood persona, and then like in the background, cool. that could be a warlock golem. Technically, I like this one a lot. True. Uh, so far, that my favorite. Cool. All right, this one is another kind of mobile type design. Uh, it looks. I mean, it's not exactly the same, but it gives me the same vibes as the original Storm Spirit model, if you remember. Some fat, mm-hmm. jolly guy. Except his face yeah, is Yeah, he looks very beard. jolly for sure. <laughs> Whatever. This uh, is actually, it's true. This is when I look happy playing Dota, that's what I look like nowadays. <laughs> I used to smile, but this is a positive expression nowadays. So yeah, he's very jolly. Um, very happy Dota character. Okay. So I don't know. I feel like this one doesn't fit that well. Uh, but it's not as bad as some of the earlier ones. All right, we have an archer woman, Native American looking. That's the draw arcana. It uh, legit could be. I, I'd be fine with this being in the game. I mean, this could definitely be in the game. I don't think there's any argument. Whether you like, I'd like it, or not, it to be a little. Yeah, yeah, it could actually. Hundred percent sure. could be in the game. Okay, I can't. Is this the last one? Yeah, the last one is a like a chameleon-looking guy. This looks like the the creeps, the custom creeps that they came out with one TI that I use still. It's uh, a slark with a different tail. Sure. Do you think that this could fit a character? It it looks like the uh, what's that? Uh, you wouldn't know the answer to this. Geico commercials. Their their mask mascot is a gecko, Cinderin. I could totally see a partnership between Valve and Geico to put a hero in the game. Hmm. Okay. Well, that is the... Yeah. Uh, those are the heroes made by Lazy Faye. You can check out the abilities. Nice designs overall. On Reddit, yeah. Especially the one with the... The one you talked about with, like, the golem in the background. That's yeah, my that's, favorite that's as well. That's the best one. I really like far. that design. It also looks... Correct me if I'm wrong here. I feel like the heroes look a little bit different in polish, you know? It almost looks like the creator really fell in love with that design and really wanted to flesh out the details, whereas you know the second and third hero, for example, were a little bit more bland, if that makes sense. Yeah, they're more... I, the, I agree with the assessment that a lot of them were kind of mobile, mobile heroes, for sure. Yeah. I guess okay. my favorites were that one and number one, probably. All right, let us... What are we hmm. at here? Okay, we're an hour and 10 minutes, Cinderin. Yeah. So... The last topic I definitely want to get to. The question is, we can skip the second to last topic. Do you want to do this sure. one, or is that too long? Go crazy. Okay. This next segment is a Riot Games segment because they have been going fucking ham on the world of esports. <laughs> you made it look like a sponsorship. <laughs> Sponsored by Riot Games. No. <laughs> so, obviously, they came out with Arcane, which I finished, by the way. No spoilers. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Fucking amazing. It shits on Dota's anime. Sorry. I think most people agree with me. It's not close. It is so much better. They have different... They use a lot more characters than Dota did. The animation style was way better. Uh, The story was much more intriguing. Just literally from top to bottom, everything was better. Voice acting was much better as well, actually. Uh, So that is out on Netflix. Uh, There's a new Valorant agent that came out, Cinderin, which... As you know, every time we do Valorant agents, uh, I talk about the skills, and I've actually played this agent, and I like him quite a bit. 
to the point where it might actually be my second go-to after I actually Reina. meant to write to you the other day saying we should play more Valorant. We should. You just uh, I would like to me play. I would like to play some games with you, but you never ask. Maybe it's because I said no a couple of times in a row. <laughs> then people tend to stop asking. That's right. Yeah, that's kind I of what like happens. So this is a very unique guy, okay? So he is a sentinel, which as you know with the one agent that you've played, which is Sage, it's like a defensive-minded. Mm -hmm. It's like a typically these this class is like somebody you leave at one site, they can hold it by themselves, or they're good at watching the flank from the offensive perspective. But this one, very strange the way they made him, but I like it. So one of his abilities, his first one, which you have to purchase, is called Trademark. It's like a little trap that you can put in an area. Uh, and you can, as an enemy, you can see it, you can shoot it. So that's why you put it around corners normally. And if they run by it, it activates. And when it activates, it does two things. Number one, it shows, like on the radar, you can see that somebody's there. And number two, it slows. It creates this big, slow area that's actually very similar to Sage's slow that you've used before. Mm -hmm. Very strong, very easy to use ability. Uh, his second ability is the one that it comes with automatically. It's a teleport, essentially. You create two portals, and you can just TP back and forth between them, although there's a cooldown of like 20 seconds. So you can't just go back and forth constantly. So this allows you to use the ability. like So Jet has this ability where you dash away that makes her like completely broken in my eyes. You like She makes her the main opera in the game because you, you op, and if you miss your shot or you get the kill, you quickly zip away. And it's like this defensive measure that makes sure that you don't die, right? It's just like a, mm -hmm. a way to live. You can use that in this way, and you can use this in many different ways. But basically, can teleport from one side to another, and it's super fast. So it's almost like a jet dash, okay? The other two okay. abilities are very easy to understand and super unique because they're so basic. His first mm -hmm. one is a pistol. It's literally a deagle, which there already is one in the game called the Sheriff, but it's just a better version of the deagle. Less recoil, can shoot it a little bit faster. It has no damage drop-off from afar. You can zoom in with it with ADS, but you have to buy the bullets individually, and you can only hold eight rounds total. So you buy eight rounds for 100 credits. And it actually, the biggest difference which may not seem like that big of a deal. I don't know if you've noticed when you switch weapons in the game. Much mm -hmm. slower than in counter versus Counter-Strike, which is always something that is annoying to me. This gun is super fast. It's like CS. You it's, not, it's actually faster than CS. You switch to this pistol, and you shoot somebody. Super fast. Mm -hmm. So you can have two pistols, basically, because of this, because this is an ability, right? So that one's right. super cool. And then his ult, also quite basic, is kind of the same thing, except it's an op. You only get five bullets. No damage drop-off, whether it's a headshot or a leg shot. It's a kill. Much faster in terms of getting it out. And the sound effect is so fucking good, it makes me orgasm every time I shoot it. It feels so good. And when you get a kill with it, it creates that same slowing orb from the earlier ability that we talked about. On paper, sounds like so a weird-ass hero. one-shots even if you hit people in the foot. Yes, in the foot. I don't know how it works. It doesn't one-shot <laughs> if it's through boxes or anything like that, I don't think, depending on where you hit. Um, on paper, sounds like a really weird-ass hero. And it's like, oh, they're running out of ideas. But it plays really well. I actually have enjoyed it quite a bit. It and actually I, sounds a lot of fun. I don't mm -hmm. play a lot of agents. I only play like one or two. 
So this will be added to my repertoire, which I'm happy about. So that is New Agent, and his name is Chamber. Uh, very cool design, though. In some ways, it's the closest to Counter-Strike yes. that the game has, right? That's why I like it. <laughs> yeah, just because it's less about the spells and more about the aim because yeah. the spells are getting good weapons so yeah i've tend yeah, I, I tend to notice that with high skill cap skills in the game i'm really bad with because you have to practice a lot that's why i play reina she's pretty brain dead um but like you said this hero that it's basically just a teleporter you have to get used to and you have to figure out mm -hmm. what good spots there are but aside from that very easy to use honestly it's it's actually kind of like playing warcraft 3 mod on a csgo server yeah, or in a Counter-Strike 1.6 server. That's what this character feels like about. Yep. All right, second topic <laughs> for the Riot Games section of this podcast. <laughs> Ruined King, a League of Legends story, has been released. So this is one of the many games that they announced like a year and a half ago, whenever it was, for the 10-year anniversary. It's an RPG. It's on Steam. <laughs> and... What? Wait, what? It was released. It's a standalone game. <clears throat> At first, yeah. when they originally, <clears throat> if you remember, they announced like all the games, like Valorant and the card game. Yeah, yeah. And, like they were called Project X, Project L, whatever. They didn't mm. really give much information on this one. I was expecting it to be more Diablo-like, but this one is like a turn-based RPG, which, again, I'm not into RPGs to begin with, but if I were to play one, it would be more action RPG, like a a fable for example or right. diablo or whatever this one's turn-based so mega not interested but it's they're coming Looks out with good. so much shit they're coming out with so much stuff it's crazy the reviews uh, on steam are currently 84 percent positive so that is not outstanding but it's also not terrible i'm sure it got review bombed by dota players as well because it's a Probably. league that's true steam. actually it might be amazing people are petty and stupid i hate people yeah, people do suck. I agree. Yeah. All right, and then the last portion of this Riot segment is, again, another game that they were working on for a while called Project L, so there's still no official name. It's a fighting game, which, again, was announced without any art or anything, any video. Now they have g gameplay footage, essentially. It's not ready to do much more than that. Did you watch the video at all? No. Great. Thanks, Cinder, for joining us. It looks Welcome. cool. It, it looked, based on what, I don't know that much about fighting games, but it sounds like one I'm of those games where they want to cater to make sure that it's easy to just get in right away and play. So they have some, again, I don't know the terminology, so don't hate me, but some assist thing where it helps you land combos or something on a basic level. But then they said their goal is to make sure that at a pro level, because they're going to be catering for esports, that... Uh, that you can differentiate yeah. yourself. I mean, this easily. is early development, right? I just checked through the video. Um, <clears throat> it looks very unfinished in terms of combat. Like, if you make a game in this genre, you're going to be compared against the greats, right? Mm -hmm. um, so your game needs to... Like, I'm not a fighting game expert, okay? Like, I'm not going to pretend I am. But I do play them for fun sometimes. And I think there are two things that are the most important when you do fighting games. Uh, Number one, it needs to feel and look rewarding when you do stuff. Like, it, it's really important for these games that the... How to say? At least for me as a casual player, okay? When I play, 
I feel like it's really cool when what I do looks cool. Even if my button com button combination that I'm doing is super basic, my character does some really cool shit, right? That's the one thing. That's not there yet because it's early development. So it's just like functionality and models, right? Uh, they haven't put in the animations. That's the one thing. And I think the second thing that's important is that there's a big, big cast of characters that are all interesting and really different. I think those are the two most important things, right? Which... Um, I would argue they definitely have the cast. Like League has a shitload of characters, right? So you can yeah. obviously accomplish that. Um, but I wonder what this game is going to do that will set it apart from the really already very successful fighting games. Uh, aside from the fact that it's League characters, like can they actually beat those games on gameplay? Can they mm. beat it on animation? Can they beat it on balance or play style or whatever? Um, the fact that I feel like trying. it's a pretty difficult area to challenge. Similarly. I think if any video game developer now were to try to make the next Dota, I just think they would fail uh, mm. by default. I just think entering that space is super hard. Um, so I think it's brave and really interesting, uh, but I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what's going to make this game a game I would want to buy and play against all the other fighting games, except if I was a Riot fan. Right? I think it comes down to so. if pros play it, right? Pros, like yeah. Evo, isn't that the big fighting game tournament? If yeah. they, if that's one of the titles, people are gonna play it. I'm sure Riot support. will get it. Like, I mean, they will obviously want their game featured there if they want it to be an esport. Um, yeah. So that's also... the name of that <laughs> game is Project L. I should mention that it, it's a it's a tag team based system. So you get two characters and they tag in. I don't know if that means you can play with another player. That would be cool. Or if you have the option okay, of playing solo. I mean, solo. that's already something different, which is good, right? Um, I mean, different to have, other fighting games. So, Games have so. done that before, but I don't know how recent. So, um, okay, that's the Riot game news. All right, let's just finish all the topics. We got two more topics to go, guys. Sure. Next one is Nintendo. I never thought I would say these words. Nintendo of America have announced that they have partnered with Panda Global, who I have no idea who they are, by the way. Maybe just showing my true ignorance here to launch the first officially licensed Super Smash Brothers Championship circuit in North America coming in 2022. That is shocking. And we've talked about this before. Nintendo are just a company for whatever reason have not wanted to get into esports at all. They've like they've DMCA people for streaming Nintendo stuff before many a time on YouTube. We don't want you guys to promote our game and make it look it's good. Like basically Fuck everything no. that they've done has shown like definitively that they Either, well, it's probably both. They don't care about esports or the development of esports in any way. And, and they so also ironic, don't know about it? it at all because they don't realize how good it can be for their brand. Isn't it ironic when you consider what Nintendo did back with, like, they had the Nintendo Championships of America, right? That's obviously many, many, many years ago. So it's been yeah. like a, a change. But Nintendo was kind of one of the pioneers of esports in general. <laughs> so it's so weird. That they had, like, I believe back then, this is a history thing, like, really long ago. It's like 80s stuff, but they had television broadcast tournaments back then of the Nintendo championships. Um, they, they were televised, and yep. for some reason, Nintendo just lost interest, I guess. They could have kept going with the, I mean, the whole esports. Technically, side, that but... was way before its time. It probably didn't it was, turn yeah. any profit or 
I mean, people didn't want to watch it other than little kids, but obviously we're, we're in a different environment these days. Things have yeah, changed Yeah, then you would think they would be the first to pick it up, right? That's what I'm thinking. Like, yeah, it, I don't now know. Now that it's time for them. Well, maybe this is the start of something good for them. We'll better see. late than never, Nintendo. Thank you for joining us. Uh, last topic <laughs> is, was a, I think over a week ago at this point, OBS. So the, the software that basically everybody at Purge uses to stream called OBS, or OBS yeah. is a an open sourced uh, application developed for free. Uh, they have sponsors and whatnot, but they don't charge anything for customers. They tweeted something out that I wanted to talk about, but I guess it wouldn't make sense unless I talk about the original tweet from somebody named mm-hmm. Stu V Two, who tweets: "The team at Streamlabs should be ashamed, not satisfied enough." to ride OBS projects hard work now to copy ours down to the layout and every word on our marketing site and our UX in this product. So I'm not going to show it on stream, but essentially there's a, a thing called Lightstream and they had, I think it was on their website, kind of like a showcase of a bunch of features and it's literally almost identical to what OBS put on their website, which made it, you know, obviously they just copy pasted it. So the fact that they tagged OBS, like obviously people are like, oh, that's pretty fucked up. Why would you do that, et cetera, et cetera. But then this is something I wasn't aware of. I don't know if you were. OBS no, never no, gave no, no. permission to stream. So talk to everybody what stream lo- or slobs is since I know that you use it or used it in the past. Right. So I was under the impression, like I think a shitload of other people because OBS was like an open broadcast. Like it's just, like you said, it's open source that... That the stream, so then there was this thing called Streamlabs, and then they launched Streamlabs OBS. I think any person who, or many at least, who used the software just thought, okay, this is a partnership. This yeah. is Streamlabs and OBS getting together, uh, bringing together the best pieces of their each of their individual product, products to make something new. And in the meantime, OBS on the side was still getting updated. I was assuming because not everyone necessarily wanted the Streamlabs parts of it. And because OBS was a bit more like lightweight in in some aspects or, you know, didn't have all of the extra stuff that Streamlabs had in it. If you just wanted the broadcasting software, you could use OBS as a more like very clean and without that integration stuff. But yeah, like you said, as it turns out about a week ago, um, apparently it wasn't a partnership. And I saw it was nice for me to see that I wasn't the only one who had this impression. Like there was some, a lot of the responses on this from like even very major prominent streamers was wait, what the fuck? We thought this was a, a cooperation between Streamlabs and OBS. So they just feel like they've been misled basically using that software and that, uh, I mean, I don't know what the right word is for this, but yeah, that's weird. I, I think if you take, so let's say it's open open source, right? And and you're allowed to get inspired or even take parts of the code and integrate it in your own. That's one thing. But if you literally take the name OBS as well, as part of your product and yeah. call it Streamlabs OBS, but it is not a cooperation with OBS, I feel like that's just flat out misleading people. There's only one assumption you can make there, right? Is that, okay, there's this other product called OBS, and now we call our product our original name plus OBS, but it's not with OBS. Like, right. what? Well, let's, let's, let me read their tweet. The I, just official don't tweet. I don't even understand how they got away with it, to be honest. Like, the it does official feel like... tweet from OBS is... Uh... Near the launch of Streamlabs OBS, re- they reached out to us about using the OBS name. We kindly asked them not to. They did so anyway and followed up by filing a trademark. So it's extra sketchy on top of that. 
We've tried That's to sort this so out cool. in private, and they have been uncooperative at every turn. We're often faced with confused users and even companies who do not understand the differences between the two apps. Support volunteers are sometimes met with angry users demanding refunds. We've had interactions with several companies who did not realize our apps were separate. Legally, they have obeyed the terms of the GPL, but they have repeatedly disregarded the spirit of open source and of giving back. Despite these actions by Streamlabs, the OBS project will continue to provide free open software and tools for everybody. We will continue to support our users, the community, and our amazing developers for their hard work. So, obviously, with this shitstorm for Streamlabs OBS, they tweeted out, We are taking immediate action to remove OBS from our name. Streamlabs OBS is built on top of the OBS open source platform. Streamlabs OBS is also open source and our code is publicly available. We take responsibility for our actions and will support the community. So for me, it's just like, okay, you guys fucked up real bad. You're obviously just doing this because of the PR thing. Because the fact that OBS uh, told you you couldn't use it, you did anyway. The fact that you trademarked it makes it even more fucked up. That's actually the, I don't know if that's the worst thing, but, you know, you're basically taking open source stuff. And if you're trademarking it, it's for the perspective of turning a profit, right? So that's essentially you're taking someone else's work and making it your own. Mm -hmm. That's what they did. Yep. So. So my question, Sender, to you, are you going to continue to use Streamlabs? Um, what kind I, of a person are you, Sindarin? Let's learn today, chat. I don't know. I, I, whenever there's stuff like this that comes out for anything, I always, you know, I wait a second. I'm not one of the persons that immediately just jumps on the, okay, fuck this, I'm out. Kind it's of thing, over. Right? It's over. How do you mean it's over? They apologize and they're taking the name off. What else do you need to know? Um... If they're taking and making like, are they not making any changes to the integration or whatever? So essentially, they're taking the name off, but they just keep the entirety of the code that they essentially took. Oh, of course, yeah, right, yeah. I mean, funnily enough, I was actually very late to get on the whole Streamlabs thing. I was using OBS mm-hmm. way longer, and I just yeah. wasn't changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was pointed out to me, hey, there's actually some interesting functionality. I think at this point, honestly. I don't really know how big the advantages are to using Streamlabs, so I might just go back to OBS as well. Uh, I'm just pulling. You can do whatever you want, buddy. I'm just making fun. No, of no, no. I, but I, I think it's. I think it's an interesting conversation to have, regardless, right? Like, I. I don't know if it defines anyone which product that they use, because at the end of the day, you're not affiliated or associated with. Like, you shouldn't feel bad, in my opinion, for using this product. It's not like your fault, and you're not. If you're not like paying anything or whatever, you're not really like supporting them in their theft or whatnot. But hmm. it's just such a shit situation. I just I don't know. I don't know, man. I actually don't know. It's okay, Sin. I used Streamlabs for about a week uh, a few years ago, mm-hmm. and it slowed my computer down because there's so much bullshit on top of yeah, it. Yeah, that's the other so. thing. I don't even know if it performs better for me. Um, so OBS is nice and clean. Don't need yeah. any extra shit. That's just me, though. Okay, that is the end of our episode. A very long one. We had a lot of little things to talk about. Yeah. Uh, but uh, as pointed it. out by chat, theft is probably not the right word here. I think it's probably important to, you know, it, to be real about it. It's they a didn't gray do area. Illegal. It's a gray area. They didn't area do anything illegal, sure. right? Yeah. So Correct. it's more of like a, 
I don't know if I want to call it ethics thing here was like, no, can you really do thing. this and feel okay about it? You didn't technically do anything illegal, but like they said, it's against the spirit of open source to do what they did, right? Yep. They're trying to profit off other people that enable you to use this stuff. So. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. All right. That is the end of this week's episode. Uh, a day early. Hopefully you guys enjoyed. We'll be back next week. So until next time, Suns fan Cinderin signing out. Goodbye, everybody. Subscribe. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening.